Hey, Sean. Hey, David. Remember a few months ago, we were hanging out and I got an email saying that uh, I was stranded with you. Yeah, what a time. I know, those are the days. So, this is uh, not our normal rant because things are looking, turning up Millhouse. Is that the same? Uh, I have officially taken WestJet for all of their money and they have paid me a thousand dollars for canceling my flight and now nobody can use WestJet because they are broke they are bankrupt they have become bankrupt because they uh they they apologized profusely and i said no i will not forgive you but i will accept your money um you know what the sad thing is though what's that is that the money came in a little too late so i was not able to purchase the steam deck that i had reserved many many moons ago it's okay the wait list is a little bit shorter now yeah uh you know though what is not going to cost a lot of money and you don't need to pre-order and you don't need to reserve to uh enjoy this episode of the scene on screen podcast Welcome, welcome to the Scene on Screen Podcast, where we're just happy to be here. We had a great episode last week with our, our friend Max and talking about Jonah Hill, and David and I are ready for another exciting, fun episode with you all. David, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm not that... I'm, I don't know. How am I? <laughs> I don't okay. know. Hey, random question. You have Tim Hortons in Kenora, Ontario. Actually, right? you know what? Now that you mention it, I met... The person who actually started the very first Tim Hortons franchise in Northern Ontario. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They started the first one in like, I don't know, it was like 1968 or something like that. And the next closest um, Tim Hortons at the time, I think, was like North Bay. It was this. And yeah, it was it was crazy. So uh, (laughs) super nice lady. Um, was telling me this whole story about the problems that they were having and how people were essentially like not thinking that it was going to work because at the time there wasn't a whole lot of them. Um, but they went and they opened it. And I will take you to the uh, the Tim Hortons when you get here. It looks nothing like it used to because they renovated and stuff like that. But uh, it's kind of kind of interesting. But anyways, yes, we do have Tim Hortons up here. I was going to say we still have to plan that trip. But have you tried their new maple bacon on anything they sell? Uh, no, I did not know that that was a thing. So every once in a while, like I don't, I don't eat a lot of breakfast, but, uh, and you know that you've been with me most mornings. Well, like when we're, when we're, well, when we hang out, sorry. Yeah. We, I don't we FaceTime each other in the morning and we say <laughs> good morning. Right. Yeah. Our significant um, others you know, are like, st- what the hell are you guys doing? Sta- standard, standard issue. Yeah. Yeah. Any hoozle, uh, this morning we went for breakfast and. My buddy got a BLT and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll get the maple bacon BLT. I was like, oh, I don't really want a BLT. But I, I was like, I'll get an everything bagel toasted with some cream cheese and some maple bacon. It's a good combination. 
but they didn't have everything bagels. Let me tell you about this bacon for a second. All right. This this bacon was the mapleiest bacon I have ever had. It was sweet, but it was like salty. It was perfect. The combination was literally flawless. Hmm. It might have been the best bacon I have ever had in my entire life. And I got it at Tim Hortons. And that's saying something. Yeah, you think that maybe, maybe they take these pigs from birth and and, feed them pancakes and feed them pancakes and they give them like sugar baths. And then when they go and eventually slaughter them and turn them into bacon, they then, instead of like rinsing off them off with water or whatever they might use, they rinse them off with maple syrup or like maple water. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe they take the bacon and they soak it in in maple syrup. And uh, I don't know, but I might have to try this. Dude, it was so good. And, you know, candied bacon is just pigs that eat candy all the time. It's mm. not what you think. <laughs> it is everything and more. So, my goodness. I just realized also we just wrote down all these topics for what we're going to talk about today. And while we have one pressing issue, do you know what else I forgot that we haven't talked about on the show since it launched? And then we did Casual Crap featuring at Farbsy. Uh, what? Jim Henson's Labyrinth. Oh, snap. Oh, that's what we need. We need that sound bite. Oh, snap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know why? Because it was two when weeks did it ago. come out? It came out. The Friday yeah, after the it, wedding. It came out the Friday after the wedding. And I think we were just all like super. Oh, you know what? Because we had played it after. Like it came out after we recorded that episode. So then we played it. But then the next episode, Max ruined. Because yeah. he, he had to be part of it. So we couldn't talk about Labyrinth. Let's let's talk about Labyrinth for a little bit. Because. 100%. Holy shit. I mean, we are always so impressed with the new courses that they released for walkabout mini golf. But this just took everything to the next level. Mighty coconut, Edward, Emma, we know you're listening. Well done. I saw you guys giving props to Emma for some of the stuff that she made on the Instagram, the character models. Mm Mm-hmm. The interaction that you can have with the characters moving around your map. Unbelievable. We thought well, Candyland was cool. Yeah, it, it's not really. Or like, Sweet Tobia. Yeah, Sweet Tobia. It's not really interact. Like, you can you can get up close to them. But the fact that they have now characters moving around in the world, where it's not just like a, um, a static environment that you're in with like the background and stuff like that moving or like water flowing or in sweet Topia's case, chocolate rivers and whatnot. The fact that they actually had characters from the movies jumping around doing their thing, you know, just it brought the world to life in a, I don't know, it, it an even more detailed level. Right. Like you feel like you're actually in a living, breathing world, whereas before it was like, I'm just in this environment, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, 100 um, percent. And the fact that they've 
there's actually been some recent updates. Um, you can now change the number of players for private rooms and stuff like that. Um, oh, the so quality of life changes were a phenomenal. So many, yeah. Um, and I, th- we really just played through the map once, like through the course, it, right? It took but forever. It well, I wouldn't say it took forever, but it did take a little bit longer than uh, than usual. But I think part partially, we spent more time like kind of exploring things and stuff like that. But if you fly up above the map, like there's so much more to that map or that uh, that course than just where you're actually playing mini golf, right? Like they've created full on mazes and stuff like that, that you could actually go through. Um, so yeah, that was super impressive. What's the next one that's coming out? Uh, Mist, right? That, so, I think Mist is coming out in December or November. They have another mm-hmm. one coming out in between. Yeah. Which is going to probably uh, be like, I don't want to say disappointing, but it's going to be not at the level that we just saw labyrinth and well yes i think it's i think it's going to be more of a an original idea and kind of go back to the the uh more classic style but really when you think about it every single level that they've designed has taken something that they've done from the previous one and just built upon it 100% right so i wouldn't be surprised if we if we see you know, characters kind of interacting with the environment there. But, oh, oh my God. Okay, let's just talk for a moment. What was your favorite hole on the Labyrinth mini golf? Oh, man. I don't maybe, know. Not, maybe not necessarily. Maybe not necessarily. Stupid like, hill. Um, which hill? <laughs> the one that um, myself and oh, yeah. player <laughs> hold out on. <laughs> Yeah, you uh, you stroke out on that one. I was lucky and got on that, got up that one. I Honestly, did. I think one of the I don't know. There was like so many different kind of like feeling holes. The one with all the hands coming out of the wall was really really cool because mm-hmm, there was like little cool. traps that was neat. Um, I want to say hole seventeen was like a mind fuck. The one with the, all the labyrinth stairs. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I was going to say. The staircase one, because it, uh, it changes like perspective, not gravity, while you're but in perspective there. as you're in there. Right. So you, it hurt my head a little bit. It did. I'm a not, little bit. I, like I felt really not well after my first run with it. And I also think it was because of a new head strap that was too tight, but like that was pretty hard on the eyes at first. I got I got used to it. I calmed down, but like I tripped out a little bit while I was in there. Well, yeah, because like you're you're hitting a golf ball what up some sk- upstairs or something downstairs like that. upstairs yeah downstairs and then it goes upstairs and then the the hole is on the wall, which was it's just kind of crazy. So like that was really cool. And then honestly, the last hole. Oh, in hold on, hold there, on, hold on. I know what you're yeah. about to say. But I want to preface it with what we said beforehand. David, myself, and our friend were having a conversation about where we would like to see Walkabout go. And we were like, oh, because we're all big Star Wars nerds. We're like, oh, my God, it'd be so cool if you did a Star Wars level. And every few holes, you went through like a porthole and you somehow ended up on a different planet. And I think it was you who said it would be so hard to do that, but it would be amazing if it got done. 
And then we moved from hole 17 to 18. Didn't really notice anything until we turned around. Yeah. And, yeah. and now, now you can explain, but I just, okay. I wanted to preface that story because I think it's so awesome. Yeah. Do star Wars guys. Um, no, like I think what would make it difficult is that it, it, one of the big things for uh, walkabout mini golf is you're, you're able to fly around the maps and stuff like that. So they'd have to do it. So in such a way that all of the worlds are connected, but you can still fly around and see like the overview of the map, but then some, some rooms would have to merge into another planet. But anyways, not what I was going to say. The last hole in all of the courses have always always have some sort of like not a gimmick but something that makes it really stand out from other ones you know it's kind of like in real mini golf when you know that the last hold actually just the ball's just going to drop down into like a tunnel because that's it and it goes back to like the the clubhouse right yeah um the one for labyrinth oh my god that was the coolest experience ever in walkabout mini golf for people who haven't played it yet, spoiler alert, for people who have played it, you know what I'm talking about. Pretty much, if you've seen Labyrinth, the there's a this kind of like a big deal with like these orbs, these glass ball orb things. And so the the final hole is in the middle of this like this glass orb and when you hit the ball in there, it explodes and then it kind of goes back together it was just crazy and totally unexpected the first time that that happened like we were all just like sitting there <laughs> shooting ourselves because we're like oh my god this is the coolest thing ever uh yeah but it, it was wild and that was the whole thing too because we turned around and we were like wait a second we can go back to that hole and it was just so seamless that the world changed as you mm -hmm. went through no other level has ever done that walkabout you guys have done great mm-hmm Cannot wait to see what you guys do next. At all. Like, yeah. just at all. Yeah. Incredible. Speak, speaking of golf, you participated last weekend in a sport similar to golf, but different. Same, same, but different. But still same, same. But yeah. Still same, we, same. The Seed on Screen podcast went to its very first disc golf tournament. Now, it's not my very first disc golf tournament. I've played a few fairly casually, and it showed this week because I was fairly mentally weak. Uh, I had uh, It was really hot. I played a fairly average first round. It was uh, We played from the long tees, and I'd never played from the long tees at that course before, so it was a lot of learning on the go. If you look at my scorecard, it looks like I had a pretty good and bad time at the same time. Four birdies, pretty respectable on a long course. Matched with two out of bounds, a triple bogey, and another triple bogey. So they wiped themselves out, and I was plus nine on the card. I was a little rough. And then the plus second nine is not too bad. Plus nine when my card was minus one, even, and plus. Oh. Yeah, plus I think it was seven. So two of us were fairly even. But I was like, you know what? This gives me a lot of confidence going into the next round. We're mm -hmm. playing the shorts. I just played all these holes. I know them now. Awesome. The first three holes were some of the weirdest 
mistakes I've ever made. Like I'm talking like shanked right off the tee. I'm talking like threw right into a tree. Didn't matter. I messed up. So I had to take a little bit of. (laughs) Hold on. You threw into a tree? Like, did you. How does that even work? Because, like, I understand. It was like 40 feet away from me, but I still. I under. Okay. I understand with regular golf, you know, if you're not very good at it, like I am, you know, you're not necessarily going to control where the ball is going to go. So, yeah, you can hit a tree. But with disc golf, you're throwing it in that direction. But you still have to like try and curve the disc, right? So, yes. What what you have you have some homework this fall, because I don't know if I'm going to see you before snow flies. Yeah, you got about th- you got about uh, three weeks, <laughs> three to four weeks before it starts snowing up here. But I'm I'm going to ship up uh, a set with a putter, a mid, and a driver. You're going to just go out to your local course and you're going to try. Shit. Is there even any disc golf courses around? Oh, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. I got a message from one of my friends asking me what the baskets were near the river at Cambridge. I was like, it's disc golf. I play there all the time. Oh, there's but, shit. There is a disc disc golf course here. Yeah. So I'll, I'll send you some discs and you can play. You all right. Play? Sure. Um, but surprise everyone we're gonna try and stay in the disc golf game a little bit so we are still staying true to our everything you see on screen and technically if you look at youtube you can watch it on screen however david and i are also enthusiasts of games that happen on kitchen tables or in your backyard like ladder golf or disc golf or horseshoes and we want to we want to experience some of those things with you guys as well and we have a we want you to stay tuned. We have a really exciting opportunity coming up, which might be on YouTube or Instagram. I haven't fully worked out the details with the person that we're talking to, but we have a Canadian disc golfer that's going to do some content with us on a disc golf course. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be a cool. lot of fun. We're, this is uh, news we're, to me. It is news to you. I was going to tell you <laughs> after, but I thought I'd tell everybody now. Well, it's, I'm glad uh, I'm included in everybody. Well, I mean, it's it's helpful that I'm here and I'm accessible to all these people. That's true. So it's, it's going to be a good opportunity. We are not going to abandon our roots. This is not becoming a disc golf podcast. If you want a disc golf podcast, we're not the people for that. But we are going to be staying within disc golf. And we want to thank um, our partners that helped us throughout the, the journey this weekend. And uh, we have some really exciting things coming with Diameter Apparel. You might have heard our ads. If you uh, if you're a Twitch streamer and you're looking for a cool piece of outfit, check them out. Their shirts are unreal. I stayed crazy cool on that super hot day, so it'll be a, it's it's gonna be a good time. But disc golf was fun. Um, I'm actually registered for another tournament in September, and I'm actually gonna see if we can have some involvement there as well. Nice. So it'll be a lot of fun. Sean, just remember though, even if you don't place in first, you'll always place in first in our hearts thank you i didn't finish last and that was my only goal you know what? that's now, uh, that's all you can hope for is not to finish last don't be that so guy. i was i was given some advice and it was interested it was interesting and i i'm i'm glad i followed the advice the way i did but somebody told me to play in this middle level so there's like amateur level one two and three and i i was told to like sign up for anything in amateur two because i'm competitive Mm-hmm. So I would want to play with people who are taking it as a seriously or more serious than I am. 
but I wouldn't want to play with people who are not taking it seriously at all because then it kind of like ruins some aspects of the game. And I was taught some things about the game etiquette, which was fun. Um, I learned so many things and I will honestly say just like the board game community, it's not gatekeepy. It is people are out there and they're playing their own game. It's an individual sport, but people are out there trying to make you better as well. They're encouraging. Like you, you make a good shot. And of course everybody's like, yeah, good shot, man. Good shot, bro. But if you make a bad shot, they're like, Oh, you'll get it next time. And it was so infectious. Like I was beating myself up after like a few holes. And this guy just looked at me. He's like, don't worry, man. It's not the end of the world. Like you're just, it's okay. Like this game is very hard, and so, sometimes. So what you're what you're saying is that this guy felt bad for you. No, he he was like he <laughs> had a collapse shortly he's, after. He's trying. <laughs> he had a collapse shortly after I did, and then there was uh there was this guy on a card a few before us, and I watched him make two bad shots, but he had a smile on his face, and he was just so, so happy to be out there. Like it's a very encouraging and inclusive sport, and like. I, I I suggest to any and all of our listeners who want to try it, try it. There's no harm in that. If there's a club in your area, ask some questions. Mm-hmm. Like I'm part of the club here in Kitchener and I'm super excited and thrilled to be a part of it. And I don't even play the league with them. I just, I'm a club member. I get benefits of being in the club, but I get to go play for tags and have a lot of fun. So it's a good time. What's next? A not good time. Sony and Microsoft are being petty again. Sony two weeks ago well, came out. Are they be, are they being petty or is Microsoft giving Sony a taste of its own medicine? Well, that's what I was going to say. So Sony yeah. came out two weeks ago and just put Microsoft on blast because of the Blizzard acquisition saying like Microsoft having Blizzard and having Call of Duty is going to be bad for the Call of Duty players and everything. No, actually. Just so you know, Sony, Call of Duty was at the peak of its competitive performance when all tournaments were played on Xboxes. So you can mm-hmm. fuck off with your little, like, everybody played better on the PS4 bullshit. Mm-hmm. There's not enough PS5s to run pro tournaments, so calm your asses down. Um, Call of Duty is never... Sorry, I just, I, like, fully blacked out there for a second. Yeah. Call of Duty has never been on the forefront of PC for like big tournaments. A lot of the mm-hmm. time there are people who do it on keyboard and mouse, but the main tournaments, if you remember from even a few years ago that were happening at movie theaters and stuff were all on console. And what console was that? It wasn't the Sony supercomputer. It was the Xbox one. Okay. And even the 360 back in the day. So let's, let's give a little bit of details of what's going on. So that was the details. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> let's give a little bit more context. Microsoft has claimed Sony pays for blocking rights to stop developers from adding their content to Xbox Game Pass. The explosive claims are part of documents filed with Brazil's National Competition Regulator and part of a a review of Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. So this is a quote. Microsoft's ability to continue expanding Game Pass has been hampered by Sony's desire to inhibit such growth, claims Microsoft, in an August 9th filing to the Administrative Council for Economic Defense, the CADE, as translated from Portuguese. Sony pays for blocking rights to prevent developers from adding content to Game Pass and other competing subscription services. So essentially what this is saying is that my, uh, Sony, and Sony's been doing this for so long, 
where they buy exclusive rights for games so that they only show up on PlayStation consoles. Um, and and they've done this on multi-platform games with timed exclusive timed exclusivity on PlayStation consoles. Uh, a prime example of one is the Final Fantasy VII remake. That was supposed to be a timed exclusive for the PlayStation 4, and then it was supposed to come out on uh, Xbox. Uh, that game came out a few years ago, and it still has not made it over to uh, Microsoft consoles. I think it just came out on PC not too long ago. But they do the same thing with uh, Call of Duty, for example. They would have timed exclusive or limited exclusivity for certain map packs. Or Sony consoles would be the first one to get any DLC updates and stuff like that for like a month or whatever. Um, same thing with uh, some of their developers that they have. Uh, they would just have console exclusivity by and, and they've done this before in the past, like they would acquire developers and just have those games on their systems. Right. Uh, let's, what was uh, the, the baseball Santa Monica studios? That is a Sony owned company, right? They're a second party developer, but Sony had the exclusive rights for MLB licenses uh, on PlayStation consoles. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't until the MLB, I think it was, decided to say like no like we want this license to be available on uh all platforms so then that's fans why, were pissed right exactly so that was the thing if you wanted the best baseball simulator you had to have a playstation you had to buy mlb the show right like remember the days of the super nintendo ken griffey jr baseball yeah. amazing right <laughs> so this is nothing nothing new to sony but now that Microsoft has acquired Activision Blizzard, or at least is in the process of acquiring them, right? Like they, or did they, did they already own? Yeah, they've already purchased Activision Blizzard, right? Yeah, like a year ago almost. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, for $68.7 billion. Um, now that Microsoft owns Activision Blizzard, Sony's starting to cry wolf saying that, oh my God, it's going to affect our player base on PlayStation, all this stuff. But Sony is out of, out of Nintendo's not part of this equation, <laughs> out of Microsoft and Sony, the two big players in like the modern uh, next gen console generation companies. Sure. My, Microsoft has been more about um, inclusivity, right? having gamers being able to access a wide range of video games on both the Xbox consoles and PC. But not only that, you don't even need to own a PC. You don't even need to own an Xbox. You could sign up for Game Pass and play games on your mobile device or stream games on your computer if, you, if you're not playing on a, a very powerful computer, right? Microsoft has been working at making games more accessible to people where Sony has always been about having games exclusive to their console. So the only way to play those games is to purchase one of their consoles, Spider-Man, God of War, The Last of Us, right? Those are 
primarily, obviously, second-party developers or like Sony. Spider-Man's coming to Steam. <laughs> Spider-Man is coming out, out on PC, right? But really, like, if you want to play a game that came out on a Sony console that was a Sony exclusive, you have to just hope that five years down the line, it's going to get ported to PC. Whereas Microsoft right now, and actually has been for the last few years, games come out on Xbox, but they also come out on PC at the same time. And there's so many more options on how to play that game. So this whole like Sony bitching about Game Pass is just, it's a little bullshit and I, I can't see them. But so I'm, in this, I'm hoping that this they accusation don't isn't that though. This is Sony's just upset because they think they're going to stonewall or Microsoft's going to stonewall them to not having Call of Duty. And Microsoft's not stupid. Microsoft would essentially, they spent $68 billion, you said, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, $68 billion and change. Do you, do you think Spencer and Co. or Todd Howard? It's Todd Howard. Phil Spencer is, no, do I have it backwards? Yeah. Phil, yeah, Spencer. Phil Spencer is Xbox. Todd Howard you, is Bethesda. No, he's also Xbox. <laughs> um, do you think Phil Spencer's stupid? Do you think he's sitting there in the boardroom and like he walked in yesterday and he was like, you know what, guys? Let's let's cut Sony off of Call of Duty. No, he's not like that. Do you know why? Because Call of Duty just saying it, somebody just made ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Like and Call of thing, Duty. Like, oh, got another ten bucks right there. Call, Call of Duty is one of the highest grossing franchises in video game history right like isn't it the highest grossing um uh what's it called microtransaction yeah something like that company or um i know the term and i can't think of it right now it's the it has the highest grossing microtransactions ever uh for a concurrent game that's yeah but for a series that has been running for so long even the games that suck sell so well microsoft would be booting it this year do you think they're gonna cut that off no they're bringing back modern warfare (laughs) yeah microsoft would be stupid to essentially alienate uh well let's just say 50 percent of the gaming population from one of the biggest game franchises in gaming history david i think you're not respecting pc's market share in the call of duty Okay, fine. Thirty percent, twenty twenty percent. I'd say thirty three. I'd say it's probably even across the board. Yeah. Okay. Thirty three point three three forever. But either way, like Microsoft, they know how to make money. You know, Game Pass is a a huge. It's a great deal. And what is it like one hundred and forty bucks a year or something like that? Yeah, mine comes up in a month for the cost of roughly uh, for the cost of less than two brand new games like f- full price triple a games you get an access to a library of hundreds of games and day one releases of of you know triple a titles microsoft is making money they're making boatloads of money off of this and they would be dumb to uh to not have call of duty on another console just like yeah. any of the other acquisitions that they've made i think the only one that turned or came to be a microsoft exclusive was starfield and right? like and 
Did you hear what else is going to be exclusive? <laughs> What's that? What else? This does, episode of the uh, Scene on Screen podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What what else does Bethesda make that Sony would, fans would absolutely? Oh shit! Hate? Uh, Skyrim. Yeah, two. Elder Scrolls Six is apparently <laughs> going to be. That's funny. But see, that's the thing. I think Microsoft is smart. They can have their cake and eat it too. They can have a console exclusive, like Sony can. Sony has God of War. Do you think that's ever going to make its way onto an Xbox? No. No. But here's the thing, though. Elder Scrolls, same shit. Elder Scrolls is going to come out on PC day one as well, right? Yeah, modded to the tits. Yes, and I feel, though, I think that I don't know a whole lot of people that have played or played Skyrim or Oblivion on PlayStation consoles. I know that it exists there. I know a few people who have played it, but primarily, I feel like the Elder Scrolls games have always been more of a Xbox and PC uh, game. Out of curiosity, if I say Dark Souls, what console do you think that's played on more? PlayStation, right? I would say PlayStation, yeah. Yeah, isn't that weird? Like, they're both single-player games that have pretty much the same mechanic throughout. Well, I remember Dark Souls or Demon Souls first came out. It was a PlayStation-exclusive game, right? Yeah. Elden Ring. Majority of the players? PC. (laughs) That was the trick. (laughs) Was it PC? (laughs) I actually don't know. I'll, I'll see okay. if I can get that info. I was quick. just going to say, I didn't even know that Elden Ring came out for Xbox because all of the advertisements and promos were PlayStation promos. And it had exclusive content for the PlayStation, yeah. which is fine. We've never disputed the fact that co- like companies will pay for exclusive content. We're saying Sony has their heads so far up their own asses that they've been doing this for years and Microsoft just bought what they wanted. They were like, yeah, this is ours now. But they're not going to stop people. Do you remember two years ago when Call of Duty, I think it was Cold World, what was the one before Vanguard? Cold War. Cold War. And then the one before that. Was Modern Warfare. No, it was something. It was some weird warfare. No, it was water, It was the remake or reboot of Modern Warfare. Uh, that went into, oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So it had a year exclusive on like three maps. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Do you think Microsoft do. fans like cried about it? No, nah, we missed a game somewhere. That was 2019. Yeah, no, it was it was Modern Warfare. Then Cold War came out. Because Modern Warfare came out on the PS4 and they kind of updated it, I believe, for... Uh, the ps5 but then that came out right before the ps5 did so then cold war was like the launch launch title for like ps5 and xbox series man yeah so it was vanguard black ops cold war that's why i was confused modern warfare black ops 4 world war 2 infinite warfare the one or advanced warfare where they went to space all all these crazy ass shit it happens but like when call of duty's rights went to sony they literally just slung out their dick and was like, ha ha, choke on this, bitches. It's over. We've got the exclusives. And Microsoft fans for a while were pissed, right? Because they were like, oh, mm-hmm. how come I don't get to play that game mode? We get to mm-hmm. see it in tournaments. Oh my God. All these tournaments are now going to be on the PlayStation. And Sony blew it. Sony blew their opportunity. Do you think they were asked to the dance? Do you think. 
Activision was like, hey, we're up for sale. Sony, are you interested? And Sony's like, hey, you guys are never going to sell. Come back at us when, when you're like lowered prices. And Microsoft was probably just like, guys, can we afford $68 billion? I honestly think that Microsoft reached out to Activision Blizzard. I think it went the other way. I don't think we'd ever know, but I think it went the other way. I bet you both companies were given the opportunity to do a conglomerate or to like share the assets or being like first person to spend the money can. And everybody and their uncle knows Sony has money problems. They've been bleeding money for years. They can't figure their own shit out. Even with Spider-Man, the only thing that makes them money constantly. Yeah. I, I still think that Microsoft, because Microsoft for a while there was doing a lot of like big acquisitions, right? And on the guise of trying to create a better community and ecosystem for game developers. Yeah. Right. So I think that's, uh, I think that's kind of, honestly, if, if I had to put money on it, if I had to put $68 billion on it, I would say that Microsoft uh went to activision blizzard and said hey you know what like we're looking to uh, like how let's talk right come over to my house have a few drinks we'll see where the night goes and next thing you know microsoft's making it rain 68 billion dollars so 41 percent are on the playstation for elden ring 29 percent on the xbox and 30 percent on pc yeah so there you go Mm-hmm. xbox is third i i like you i knew it was coming out i have both consoles so i didn't really care but i didn't realize it came out on the xbox yeah oh well that's yeah. it are you in charge of running a tournament or an event for a large group do you own a small business and need some custom gear Well, Diameter Apparel can provide you with help from start to finish, creating, designing, and supplying you with a unique look that fits all your needs. To check out their latest designs or to find out more, visit diameterapparel.com. Again, that's diameterapparel.com. Disney Plus is at it again with the plus, plus, plus signs. Which company was it that... Oh, Netflix was uh, originally... There was so much drama in the news about Netflix, you know, losing subscribers and saying that they need to make more money and uh, adding a ad ridden riddled tier. Did you and... just say ad riddled tier? As in like <laughs> it was so not focused that it had to be ad focused. Ad riddled. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. That's so uh, funny. A membership tier. And. I haven't heard anything from that since. And then bam, out of nowhere, Disney comes out and says, fuck all y'all give us more money. And by the way, watch these ads. Yeah. And now Disney plus. So we don't know what it looks like in Canada. We are only reporting on what we have learned from the United States for November. However, starting December 8th in the United States, Disney plus with commercials will be seven 99 per month. So that's already about 10 bucks are over here. Currently the price of Disney plus without ads, the price of ad free Disney plus will raise 38% to 10 99. So that's the $3 a month increase. Now, if you add Hulu, and this is why I think it's going to be a little bit different. It's an additional $2 raise from 12 99 to 14 99. That is effective as of October. 
And if you want to add ESPN Plus in the states, it goes up even more. Disney Plus Are those is a little bundled bit... in the states. Like, yeah, it's like a smorgasbord in the states. It's sweet, but I like. I don't really need ESPN Plus because I have DAZN here. DAZN, mm-hmm. for those who don't know, is the greatest sports app ever. Share it with your friends because you get two logins, but it's like one hundred and twenty dollars a year, and you can pause it. I pay for eight months of it. That's it. Pay for what you use. Free advertising. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. DAZN. Um, this this is weird though because didn't Disney Plus just increase their prices last year? Yep. I remember having to tell my family as uh, I shared the family account with multiple people with a few like you know my siblings. This story doesn't uh, make you look good. No, I legitimately <laughs> share the family plan with my siblings um, because it was what like ninety bucks a year and then it went up. Like thirty percent started up at eighty nine, and then in Canada it went to one ten. Yeah, and so now the yearly membership is going to increase another what, like thirty percent. We don't know yet in Canada because mm-hmm. we don't get Hulu here, which is a crying shame. If we're going to spend that much money on a monthly ser- or a yearly service, give us Hulu, mm-hmm. or give us like the equivalent in Cartoon Network, I guess. Yeah, like with all of these, with all of these. Uh, streaming services increasing their prices and showing ads we're 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 taking a step back like what 10 years to why people what pushed people away from television like broadcast television in the first place yeah it's called cutting the cord yeah i know but for (laughs) it just sounds just sounds better I know it's cutting the cord. Anyways, um, we're we're back to what are we going to be doing now? Because not only are these streaming services increasing the prices, but now they're starting to show ads where I don't want to like, this is why I'm paying for this, right? Like I'm paying to not have to watch ads. Now, like there's channels like the Roku channel and Tubi, right? Where it's, you don't need to pay anything and it's free streaming, but they play ads in there. I will willingly sit through those ads that go through that because I know I'm not paying anything for these movies or TV shows, right? I can binge watch kitchen nightmares for like two weeks straight. And sure. You know what? I will sit through those two, like 20 second ads on there because I know that I'm not paying for a subscription, but I'm paying for Disney plus I'm paying for Netflix and I'm paying for Amazon Prime Video, right? So you're using three of the four services available in Canada, or five. Yeah. You're and using Disney, Netflix, and Amazon, and, right? And, and Amazon, yeah. If they start showing ads and I'm paying for it, that is going to be the one that pushes me away from it first, right? Now, granted, I only pay like five bucks a month for, for Netflix for like their top tier but that's because i'm in venezuela (laughs) according to netflix (laughs) i live in venezuela so it's not that big of a deal but if i was paying you know the the base amount right now like say what is like 10 bucks and they decide to start putting ads on that no you know what that's going to not push me to the higher tier it's just going to push me away from netflix because right now like there's not a whole lot on netflix that we're watching 
um yeah the odd time we'll watch like a few like of the random movies or shows that come out but we're mostly watching stuff on prime video or disney plus right now right so that's the only reason why i still have the subscription to netflix also because she who shall not be named likes to watch her korean shows on there yes the um oh man i just i lost my thought but gained another one the problem for me right now is like that the netflix dilemma is so huge i have brought it up to my other half being like hey we should cancel netflix and that is met with some poor results the problem is we also pay for cable because i it's cheaper for me to like through work get a bundle but i also have the ability to watch sports for cheaper than me buying like subscription Mm -hmm. services to said sports Mm -hmm. so that that's kind of a hit and a miss the one thing i will say is we now that disney plus has all the content netflix used to have netflix is almost useless right they, like it does have some stuff but it's not worth the price at all if if they start charging us for multi ip use it'll be canceled guaranteed mm-hmm. well the thing is what was the last movie on netflix that you were like i need to watch this movie i want to watch this movie I still haven't watched it, but it's The Gray Man. The Gray Man? I think you... Did you tell me about that one? Yeah, we talked about it. It came out the week of the wedding, and I still haven't watched it. Oh, yeah. No, but, like, before that, what was the last movie that you're like, you know what, I need to watch this? Stranger Things. Okay, and then before that? Uh, I don't know. Exactly. Chris, maybe watch the Bridgerton? That's, That's my point exactly. Like, there's nothing that is coming out that or that people are like oh my god i need to watch this i think the last thing that i watched on there was don't look up and that's because you told me to watch it and it was actually really good um uh, the umbrella academy i still haven't watched season oh yeah two. we watched we watched season three and it was like okay yeah and the thing is is with netflix a lot of that stuff is like i don't even realize that it's out like honestly we didn't even know that umbrella academy season three was out until like two weeks after because there's not really advertisements and it's not the content that's coming out right now on there isn't drawing you back into the the app to to browse it and view it right Uh, apparently the sandman is really good oh i watched hustle i went out of my way to watch hustle which one was that one uh the adam sandler basketball movie but we also watched um we like trash tv every once in a while so we watched selling sunset okay but so there is stuff there there Your is argument stuff, but is it's, dying no 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 no. there is stuff but it's nothing it's not like disney where disney actively like promotes their stuff online like sure there's i've seen advertisements and trailers for like movies and stuff like that coming out on netflix but it's not to the same point as like where disney's doing it and we are browsing the disney plus app for most of our content right like they just came out with prey like the prequel to Predator. Yeah, I and haven't watched it yet. But I haven't watched it yet either, but the reviews and comments online and stuff like that are glowing, right? So the this is like a big motion picture that Disney is putting out. It's under the, the Fox, they're due to owning Fox or whatever, but it, it's streaming day one on Disney Plus, right? 
yeah. what was the last like big motion blockbuster movie that came out on Netflix? But Disney also is, I wouldn't say they're pirating themselves, but they've also come up, they've created the formula. They've cracked the code because if you have Hulu in the States, or I'm guessing to some extent here crave, it's the same thing because of the Mm. HBO factor. Right. So Mm. like the Batman came out eight weeks after it was in theaters, or in this case, like Lightyear dropped the other day and nobody really knew about that. Dr. Strange a few weeks ago, Netflix. Well, Doctor Thor, Doctor Strange comes out, out th- or not Netflix, Disney Plus, yeah. and Thor is slated to come out in like two weeks or three really? weeks on Disney Plus. Yeah, because I wasn't gonna go pay to see Thor. I heard it was bad. Really? Oh. I haven't even watched the end of Ms. Marvel, and She-Hulk comes out in a week, and I'm not like I'm a little bit more sold on that because I love Ruffalo. Yeah, but that's probably the reason why I'm gonna watch it too. That and like abominations coming back, Wong's in it. It looks like it's going to be kind of a fun time, but like Disney has its warts too. And for for them to claim that they've like they lost money, I'm going to call bullshit. Well, here's I why think, I'm going to call bullshit. I think though Disney though has the content that people want to see, right? Because like the movies that people have been waiting for, the TV shows like Star Wars and Marvel, they're coming out on Disney Plus. And they're yes. being released sooner on streaming service and on Disney Plus, really, than most movies in general or what we've seen in the past. But go on. So, yeah, here's here's my thought. And, like, maybe this is kind of true to how people subscribe to content. It's harder to find rips of, like, the Star Wars stuff on the Internet. People will still steal it and put it up on the Internet because people are jerks. That's just a fact of life. But because the releases are so frequent maybe more people are like resorting to pirating because they don't have to do like a one month and then it's all gone away like Mm -hmm. when people would watch the mandalorian they would subscribe for a few months and then cancel wait for the next season subscribe for a few months and cancel if they didn't want to put the money up front Mm -hmm. now we have shows coming out what seems to be like every few weeks and like i'm not even excited for these anymore the quality is dropping Ms. Marvel wasn't great. I watched the first episode. I'm sure the rest of it's okay. I just didn't get around to it. I you stopped know watching it like at the third episode because it's just so bad. But apparently like, like, Moon the Knight final was episode the is really good. Yeah, Moon, Moon Knight, Knight was, was the last thing I was excited about, Marvel-wise. So and I'm... Star Wars, Boba Fett blew. It sucked. Yeah. And Kenobi was really disappointing, too. Kenobi was fan service that we all wanted. That's yeah, but it all was, it was. It was, but at the same time, like the story, it was it was a boring and really terrible story. So this is my concern, though, or at least, okay, well, like we know that COVID really put a hit on a lot of these productions because a lot of these shows and stuff like that have been filming, and a lot of these movies had been filming and being in post production over the last two years. So things have really been pushed back. Budgets have been cut because they haven't been able to do as much. So, do you did you watch the trailer for Andor? I did. What are your thoughts on that? Like, it not trying to get. I don't want you to comment on like whether or not like you're hyped for it or not because we've been disappointed. We've been burned twice before, but just the quality of that trailer and what they're showing in that and like the the effects and stuff like that that we're seeing from there versus what we saw from Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi. Do you notice much of a difference? I think 
This is my opinion as a professional podcaster. Eh. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> okay. Now, now I'll give you a serious answer. I thought that was an appropriate answer. So I think that the budget for Andor actually is higher than that of Kenobi or Boba Fett, but also at the same time, like with the, how the trailer, it looks much more cinematic. It looks like it is going to feel more like a movie than a TV show. Um, but also because this is a prequel, these are characters that yes, we've seen in other movies, like in rogue one really. And like Mon Mothma's in there, but she's always been kind of like a side character and stuff like that. Not something that is a huge uh, main plot point or main character in the overall arc of the story. Like she is a, a significant character, but there's nothing that has really um, explored that that character. I think because this is a prequel to a prequel, <laughs> they could do so much more with it. And because it's going to be an original story, people aren't going to be comparing it to things that have already happened in other movies and whatnot and be like, Oh, well fuck that. Like, this is stupid. Like the biggest, the biggest thing with, uh, Kenobi was that in a new hope, there was the line when, or there's a conversation between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi saying like the last time we met, I was, but the learner and now I'm the master, whatever. Right. Well then they retcon that by having them fight again in the the tv show right yeah, like but it, they did it in the past so it was fine <laughs> yeah but it's still like no it's, it's not though because it changes things right because it it kind of defeats the the power of that whole interaction on the death star right but with but, andor it is they could do so much more and it's not necessarily connected it's kind of like uh the bad batch you know, it is directly related to the events leading up after Order 66. But because it is all kind of like original stories and stuff like that, and they're just connecting pieces, they can do whatever they want with it. And, you know, people aren't going to be overly judgmental of what they're doing. And I think that was the problem with Kenobi and Book of Boba Fett is that like the, the writing was sloppy, but they were also trying to just expand on characters and they're expanding on them in the wrong way. But I, I don't want to get into Obi Wan again because I'm still upset. I know. So, but but th the, the, this is we're we're totally <laughs> we're totally getting off course again. But the thing is, is that it's called Coruscant, not Coruscant. Yeah. The the Disney has the content that people are wanting to see, or they're talking about. Right. And that's the thing. This is what is making people watch these shows because we're having these conversations about it. We're seeing trailers online and they're being advertised more heavily than that of what Netflix is doing. Netflix isn't doesn't have like the big blockbuster movies anymore. And now Disney is trying to sell a tier with ads and it's just going to push people away from that. And then what's what's next? Like, what what's the next option from that? People are going to go back to TV, or no? People are just going to start pirating movies and TV shows more often because, honestly, like with them streaming online, 
it's so much easier and you can get a the moment um let's say the moment um she hawk comes out right episode one it's going to be you can you'll be able to download a 4k version of it online right yeah so i can if i wanted to sail the seven seas i could and it you know what i'm going to watch these things these episodes the exact same day that they stream online for people who are paying a subscription and you know what the difference is i'm not going to have to watch ads so i think this is you're not going to watch an ad inside an episode it's going to be exactly what netflix promised it's going to be before an episode or it's going to run when the the credits are up and it goes down to the bottom corner and an advertisement will be playing over top Right, but the thing Which is, is, I won't. I won't even have to even. <laughs> I won't even have to watch that. I won't even have to pick my ro- remote up, and press the back button or whatnot. You know what I mean? Like, I can have my own media server at my house with all of these shows on it, and not have to worry about uh, paying more and getting less. You're right, and we will cross that bridge when we come to it. I'm sure next week we'll have more information on whether it's in Canada mm. or not. Um, quickly before, uh, we run out of all of our time, I know you're sad about your steam deck and, uh, it's a bummer, but you get to live vicariously through all the people (laughs) in this steam deck community on Facebook. That is just the most toxic thing I've seen since Sony fanboys. Now I preface that by saying that this group has shot up to over 25,000 members in the last probably three weeks since releases have been heavy. Mm -hmm. And I sent you a post today that made me laugh. Blank writes, (laughs) after nine days with the Steam Deck, almost two uh, terabytes of installing games and fixing two corrupted updates. Here's a list of games I've tested and tried out. Keep in mind, I have over 170 games, so it is difficult to test everything. If you also own a Steam Deck and want to compile a big list to get Valve's attention, just leave a comment down below. Okay, one. I don't know about you, and I don't know about you listeners, but if you bought a Steam Deck or a Switch, which is another great example, you're not going to upload your entire fucking library to it. Now, I say that as kindly and respectfully (laughs) as I can because like if i were to load up my whole steam library it's like 60 games and it's not even a lot of like consequential games it's some like jokes and some vr stuff but okay cool you're telling me this guy has installed two terabytes of games some games he hasn't even tried but he's like literally just funny thing is is he says uh after nine days with the steam deck uh installing two terabytes of games uh, here is a list of games I have tested and tried out. Yet this list, <laughs> there's so many where it says have not tried yet, have not tried yet, have not tried yet, runs very well. Unsupported, have not tried yet, have not tried. Like most of this list, he hasn't even tried. It doesn't even make sense. But I I like how he's like, oh, keep in mind, I have over 170 games. Okay, brosive. I have 680 games. And that my game list is like not even that big in comparison to other people. Like, but this guy, sure, he's probably just spent most. You know, I highly doubt that he actually even 
installed most of these because why would you install all these games and then not try them out? You know what I mean? Like the whole process. It's a, it's a status thing. It like is, this yeah. is, it's crazy. You know, that doesn't make sense unless he's like installing. And this is how I would do this. Install a game and then try it immediately. See how it works. Delete it. Install the next game. See how it works. Delete it. But like based off of this list that this guy's put here, most of these games, I would say at least 50%, if not 75% of these games here, he says he hasn't tested. So what's the point of it even saying that you have installed this many games and then haven't even tested them? Like, there's no point. You're just wasting perfectly good space. He just wants to flaunt that he put like a two terabyte SD card or something like that in his uh, in his Steam Deck. Is this yeah. how I'm going to turn out when I get my my Steam Deck? I don't know. After seeing some of the the comments and stuff, I'm kind of turned off it a little. I mean, it is what you make of it, right? Like, you don't have to be um, a snob about it. Um, you know, I, I've I've browsed mostly the Steam Deck subreddit and the community. I feel like when you told me that the Steam Deck community. <laughs> on discord that you're browsing in this Facebook group was like unhinged. Su- super toxic. Um, it, it kind of took me back or like, yeah, I was kind of taken back by it because the community on Reddit is way different, at least from what I saw. Like there's people are supporting each other and there's actual like discussion and like encouragement to help people and, and whatnot. Right. Uh, mind you right now, a lot of the posts are just like screenshots of like tracking and stuff like that. Cause apparently FedEx is uh pretty fucking bad but yeah that yeah i don't know it's it's uh it's kind of a wild ride right now because there's a lot of people that are starting to get it but i think people are mis misinterpreting what the system is like you were saying that people are saying like it's the greatest thing ever made like pc yeah i wish kind of stuff. i wish i i like save that because you're you're totally right the pc master race people are like greatest console of all time so is it a pc or is it a console like first you guys have to tell me what it is and then i'll join the conversation see the thing is it's legitimately a pc in a handheld form and it's not the first time that something like this has come out there have been other uh other manufacturers that have made handheld pcs um There is uh, Linus Tech Tips or whatever, Linus on uh, YouTube. If, if you've ever watched any of his stuff, he does some comparisons and some reviews of other branded um, handheld PCs, which they're literally the exact same thing, but they're just really expensive because the specs are really good. The thing that makes the Steam Deck stand apart from those ones is that it is accessible, fi- like it, it is at an accessible price point for the average person, right? Like it's it doesn't cost a whole lot more than um than a xbox series x or a ps5 yeah you can plug in a uh you can plug in an hdmi and port it right to your television right. you could but fundamentally it is just a regular windows pc it's well it's running linux out of the box but you can install windows on it and you can do everything that you can with a with a that you can do with a windows computer or your yep. laptop or whatnot. That's really just what it is. So obviously the PC Master Race people are saying that's the greatest console ever made, but it's not a console. Well, I guess technically, if you want to look 
at the definition of a console it is but at the same time it's still just a pc it's just, just a computer have you seen the a neo air um i th- it sounds very familiar so it is a direct competitor to the steam deck it is smaller uh, i just sent you a little video so you know what i'm talking about but I, I watched a review on it the other day. It's about the size of the Switch Mini, so it is a little bit smaller. Still has the port out. Um, it does right now currently have some uh, overheating issues because it's a little warmer. Um, but this game's running, or this console's running games at a better clip than the Steam Deck. Um, it is OLED. It is ultra thin. The joysticks are actually magnetic, so they're not actually physical joysticks. Interesting. The the triggers are um, like force feedback, so you can actually adjust the triggers. Cool. The the LEDs around the top, the joysticks, and the D pad and the buttons are changeable within the settings. It is a fantastically neat console, and I would be more interested in this solely based on its size. Yeah, for I'm just looking at this right now for the portability aspect of it. You know, it looks like it's a much better option, but I find that, you know, if if I were to just base off of looks and size, I would probably go with the Steam Deck just because it has a larger screen. Um but yeah. the thing is that the Steam Deck has other technology in it, right? It has the the dual touchpads on both sides. The joysticks are capacitive, like they're touch, like I don't know, touch control joysticks as well. Um, so, like, there's more technology in there. There's a gyro for uh, for aiming, and you can essentially like turn your mouse and controller from the gyro in the, the system. So, like, there's more technology involved in it. But uh, like, this is just proves that there are other options out there. So the Steam Deck is nothing new. It's just that a, uh, I guess, a more mainstream company has released something that is more easily accessible to people, right? Like you don't have to buy it off of a sketchy website or like import it from China or anything like that, right? Yeah. And that, and that at the end of the day is kind of the whole thing, right? Oh, this a uh, a Neo Air was a Indiegogo. You can buy it on Indiegogo. Yeah, it's still it? being funded, but they're like they're, it's already out and released. Yeah, and again, this is coming from China, like a Chinese company, which is like there's nothing wrong with that. But that that's what I'm saying though. It's like you know buying direct from Valve. It's an American company, so you know you know that they're dealing with everything properly, um, or you you'd hope. Uh, but the price point, let's see, like the cheapest one. There, it's the, a grand. The, the light version, six hundred and fifty Canadian dollars. Oh, now they have. Hold on, what's the difference between the light and the regular? I guess um, uh, more RAM, more storage. Yeah, interesting. But uh, yeah, like there's other options there. Maybe I'll maybe I'll buy this one. It'll be like the Baby Yoda. What have you done? Uh, aesthetically i think it's more aesthetically pleasing the steam deck though runs windows and you can't argue with that (laughs) like you just can't Mm -hmm. like the the a neo i think runs like a hybrid 
Android software, and it's kind of it's kind of all over the place. But that's what I think about that, and that's what you mm. think about that. Now mm. we did we did talk about a lot of really cool things this week, but uh, that's all the time we have, David. Another sad, sad time when it's we another... have to stop talking. Yeah, I know. It's not like we don't talk constantly. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you guys like what you're listening to, obviously keep subscribing. If you like the new content that we're doing with some of the disc golf stuff, let us know. We're always open to more things, and uh, we're we're hoping to get a little bit more exciting content coming for you guys soon. We just need uh, somebody's apartment to cool down slightly. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what, like, as always, if there's a topic that you guys want us to touch on, if you want our unbiased opinions on something, let us know. Send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, uh, snail mail, smoke signals, you know, whatever. And tell us what you want to hear Max talk about, because Max is coming on more and more and more. And as much as we love our cash and crap episodes, we want to do real episodes with Max, too. So let us know Mm -hmm. um, in the comments what you guys are thinking for myself. And David. He's so cool. We want to thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast.